0: Hi, and welcome back to the Behind the Music Business podcast with me, Danny Champion. My music business podcast where I talk to a whole host of individuals who work in and around the music business about their careers, about their motivations, about their day-to-day job and everything in between. This week's episode is with Nathan Phillips. TuneCore and Basic Records and it was a online chat via Zoom due to the COVID-19 pandemic um, it was a really interesting conversation with Nathan we talked about TuneCore we talked about setting up and running a record label we talked about A&R and finding music and what artists should do when it comes to label services and what those people should do if they want to start a record label. As I said, it's a really interesting conversation, so I'm going to shut up now. So here is my conversation with Nathan Phillips of (laughs) TuneCore. tune as a business been with kind of as you pointed out 40 odd people all working from home is it yeah are you all coping all right is it is it is it a business that you can yeah just do this in in indefinitely sort of thing uh,
1: yeah i think so i mean so so just to give you a little bit of background um so the is actually headquartered out of new york um and we have um kind of people in offices um sorry i'll go a step Step further back. Um, so TuneCore is owned by a company called Believe, yep. um, and I'm actually employed by Believe um, in the UK. Um, so I'm I'm actually the only person that works for TuneCore in the UK. Okay. Um, and so the rest of the uh, the people that work in the office is a Believe office, and my contract actually is with with Believe to to run TuneCore in the UK. Okay. Um, so um, so yeah, but in terms of the business itself, um, <clears throat> most people in in Believe and TuneCore offices, kind of worldwide, have have been working from home. Yeah. Um, Believe has uh, over a thousand employees worldwide, um, and pretty much all of those offices have been working from home. And um the the speed and um you know kind of I guess uh you know kind of effortlessness that that the really kind of you know that that transition took place was was quite admirable actually. It was, yeah. it was super, super easy. Everybody just kind of, you know, took it um and ran with it. And um and yeah, business has been been great and, and really on the TuneCore side what we've seen is is we've seen actually a huge growth in the amount of uh uh, people that have been releasing, um, you know, kind of new, new material. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we did some comparisons, uh, like on like, um, compared to last year. And, um, yeah, we, we're seeing probably an average of above kind of 26, um, to 28% above, uh, where, where we were last year, okay. um, in terms of the amount of artists and the amount of releases that are coming through the system. Um, and you know, I think um, think lockdown has, has definitely kind of played its part in that. You know, yeah. people are finding finding that they've had more time to, you know, finish off those songs they've been working on, and you know, that kind of stuff. Well, but, I was um,
0: I was going to ask. So, within that increase, are you seeing that as like completely new people, or is it kind of is it people who are already signed up? Are they just kind of pumping out more music than they would sp- do?
1: it's actually both so we're so we're seeing so we're seeing growth in um you know totally new uh clients or new new accounts um you know that that are coming through from first time artists you know first time releasing artists but we're also seeing um you know uh, um growth in um you know artists that have maybe on their kind of second or third releases Mm -hmm. um you know and and they're, they're just kind of in a position where it's like actually you know, that I think a lot of people have felt like, you know, they've, they've got um, an opportunity to get people's attention if they can put something out now whilst they're not preoccupied with work or whilst they're furloughed yeah. or, you know, whilst, you know, whatever. So, um, so, yeah. So, I mean, it, in terms of, in, certainly in terms of my day to day, I can't remember a time. I mean, I've been here two and a half years and I think this is the busiest I've ever been. Um, which, you know, for me and, and considering certain other areas of the music industry um, you know, really aren't, you know, haven't sort of suffered the the, the same um, you know, the same fate. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm I'm
0: I'm really quite grateful. Um so yeah. So we've we've kind of jumped into the Tune court stuff, uh so I kind of probably should stick in here. So you mentioned that you're kind of the only Tune Core employee in the UK. So what is your specific role within it? Are you are you there uh, to kind of liaise with with people who sign up? I'm guessing that's quite a few people uh, potentially on the old roster or have you got kind of quite a specific role uh, that doesn't include the kind of the day-to-day stuff that maybe is done out of the US?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's probably easier to just specify what isn't in my role. Nice. No, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so, so, so I mean, essentially my, my role is, is UK manager for, uh, for, for TuneCore and that's as wide and as vague as, as it sounds. Um, and, and, in terms of kind of my day to day, you know, initially I was, I was hired to, to really kind of, um, you know, to kind of manage the brand, um, here and also, um, you know, kind of, uh, manage our, uh, you know, key, key accounts and, and our kind of key artists that are using, um, you know, the service and, and okay. that kind of thing. So, but what that's kind of developed into is, is really just, you know, looking at, all opportunities for um you know for tunecore in the uk mm-hmm. and that goes you know through to um you know kind of uh, partnerships um you know brand partnerships that we would you know look at and right. um uh, you know looking at p- potential kind of artist um you know serve or third-party services that could be relevant for uh for, you know for our artists to use okay um you know stuff like this so we have um you know, we have an, an affiliate link up with Feature FM, for instance, you know, so that, you know, they've got some great tools that, uh, that you know, super, super helpful to our artists. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, yeah, my, my role is to is to kind of, you know, be here and be the kind of the point person um, for, for all UK activity, um, uh, for, you know, for TuneCore, Chinko, for TuneCore's artists and for TuneCore's business. Um, you know, that's that's pretty much it in the, a nutshell.
0: The the nature of I guess label services or companies like this is that big rosters because you get people signing up day after day after day. Um, you mentioned that you've got a part of your role is, is to liaise with some of your your I guess bigger clients that have signed yeah. up. Yeah. Is there are you, are you kind of constantly just you've got one eye on. On what's coming out, what people are doing on a DIY basis, so that you can kind of you you do you reach out to those that you're seeing. Oh, you're doing something quite interesting on your own. Maybe we can we can help out a little bit on a little bit of a deeper level. Is that something that you're doing?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I think um, the interesting thing is, as I mentioned at the top of this call, um, so so TuneCore is is part of Believe, yeah. and um, and Believe has. Um, has a much wider uh, remit of, of services for for artists and labels. Uh-huh. So, the idea with 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 kind of you know with any artist or, or any label or management company or, or whatever that, that that is using, you know any of the services at TuneCore or Believe. The idea is is that you know you can be an artist at any stage of your career with multiple uh, different requirements or you know a, a need for different kind of levels of service, but you can find a solution uh, and find a home within the ecosystem I believe whether right. that be with, with 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 TuneCore uh or whether that be with our uh our artist service uh department or whether that be with you know label um services uh-huh. um you know label distribution um so there there really is um you know a kind of home for for everything that you're doing the the difference really the fundamental difference is is just the the business models and the way that it's set up so with with TuneCore that, you know, that's a totally democratic system where that is free, uh, to, you know, to, for for anyone to use. Um, we don't make any judgments about the music, um, you know, or any judgments about you as an artist. You know, if, if you want to, to release your music out to the world on 150 different um, digital stores, digital platforms, you can come to TuneCore and you can use that service at any point. And the, the, again, the fundamental difference on the business model is, is that on the TuneCore side, we don't take any of your royalties at all. So yep. you're 100% of the royalties go back to you as an artist or as a label or as a management company. When you move into a, a kind of more structured um, uh, believe, uh deal, um, of, that's a royalty-based deal, whereas the TuneCore deal is a mm-hmm. subscription, subscription-based subscription model. Yep. Um, so it's just kind of two fundamental differences there. And the reason that it's a royalty-based model is because you're on the belief side, is because you're coming in, and you're you're essentially kind of tapping into the 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 you know very high level of expertise yeah. that we that we have, I believe, for things like you know trade marketing or, or you know digital marketing or um, you know project management, you know, and, yeah. and ultimately kind of you know making those connections to really kind of get the the most out of your your campaign or your 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 record.
0: It's it's ever so slightly more like a a record deal. Yeah, yeah, in
1: in certain aspects, for sure. Um, but um but yeah but you know but with that comes you know a team of people that have you know years and years of expertise that can that can really kind of drive the most out of your your campaign and and obviously you know with that comes you know um comes investments in in the projects as well you know um advances to to get you know record recordings over the line or advances to get you know multimedia content uh you know shot and finished and you know that kind of stuff so you know that's 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 those are the differences really. With with TuneCore, that you know that stuff doesn't happen. But you know we have tons of you know very very high profile artists that are using TuneCore that that actually don't need that you know those services because they either have them in house as part of their management company or yeah. you know they, they 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 work with third party uh, people anyway that can deliver all of that stuff and they would much prefer to be able to just you know put their music out and collect 100 percent of their royalties. Yeah, that exactly. suits that suits them very very well. So. Yeah.
0: Is there, is there a way that those, those artists, especially the, the, the new artists that are shopping around all these label services, uh, companies, the, the link with Believe, is, is there a, a, a potential progression rate? I'm guessing Believe are always looking at what's going on at TuneCore to see who they can work with next. Yeah, like absolutely.
1: That. And that I mean, that happens all the time. And we, we actually have a, a really robust system in place. And I mean, I'm, you know, kind of involved in that system. Um, I uh, liaise with Belize, um Talent Scouts and with right. the A&R team um and you know they they will come to me with requests um to say you know could you put me in touch with this artist we we really like what they're doing um you know they, they may have only put you know two singles out on tunecore but but the guys you know on the on the artist services or on the artist distribution side i believe are like actually we think there's something we can do you know with these guys and we'd like to have a conversation and and so far we've actually had um you know a hundred over a hundred artists um that have, that have been signed uh, to believe, uh, cool. to believe, uh, believe deals that have come through the the TuneCore network. And, and that's something that, that we're actively doing all the time. Um, and it, and it's a great, you know, it's a great kind of system to, to be a part of mm-hmm.
0: what's your background. Wow individually okay. i mean what what <laughs> brings you to the what brought you to the music industry
1: yeah i mean so um well I, i'll give you I'll give you a really fast elevator <laughs> snapshot and it's going to go from from birth to now oh nice <laughs> okay so so yeah so so very quickly um at, at age six or seven uh I was lucky enough to, to for my uh dad to give me a spare record player and some some records that he that he had. He used to work in a in a hi fi shop um selling high end hi fi gear and, and always had kind of loads of stuff around. So I uh yeah, I kind of fell in love with music very very early on um and, and yeah, bought my first records with pocket money when I was kind of eight or nine years old. Yeah. Uh got my I think I got my first guitar when I was about twelve. Um, started playing music and, and from, yeah, from, from then on, I was in bands and always kind of always into music. I can't remember a time when I wasn't, wasn't either listening to music or playing music or doing something with music. And that just kind of tended to be a sort of natural progression until I was kind of, uh, late teens. I started, um, kind of putting, putting my own shows on at the local uh, venues, uh, which then went on to kind of putting shows on at, um, uh, the, the local university, and kind where of where was this? Then, uh, this was Bedfordshire, so Bedfordshire Uni. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, from then I, I kind of yeah, started to make quite a lot of uh contacts, you know, whether that be through um, you know, kind of artist managers that were you know kind of coming through, um, just or it could be you know, kind of promoters, um, uh, booking agents, you know, that that kind of thing, and just started to kind of really you know build up a network. And what I what I kind of found was. Um, I'd always wanted to, to to start a record label at, at some point. I was just kind of biding my time, trying to kind of create the right environment and look for the right opportunity. And what I noticed was is that there were a few artists that, that were kind of starting to come, in, come through the you know the the, the touring circuit mm-hmm. at a low le- at a low level at that point. That really kind of didn't have you know they they maybe had management but they didn't really have any kind of infrastructure around them and and that I could see them kind of hitting these these ceilings um so it kind of at that point that was really the catalyst for for me to kind of start my own label and that was that was around 2005 so yeah. 50 yeah 15 years ago now um and so what I, yeah what we did was is just yeah i kind of got some got a little bit of money together um and we started working on a, a couple of um compilation records which would ultimately feature these artists that mm-hmm. i'd you know been loving that had been kind of coming through the the venues and And whatever and just started to kind of put those out mainly as a kind of it was like an industry taster it was like you know i basically kind of send these compilations out to all of the agents all of the managers all of the promoters all of the you know whatever um just to kind of say you know guys these are the bands that i think you should be listening to right now okay um and um and that kind of sort of turned into the first couple of releases on the label (laughs) um and then yeah kind of from there we we started you know word kind of got out and then we started getting submissions um from artists and um and it kind of just snowballed from from there really um and then you know before before we knew it we, we we were kind of okay right let's do this thing properly let's take one or two artists let's put you know put something around them let's really kind of help them to develop their debut records and mm-hmm. and um and yeah that's kind of how it kind of worked really for the for those kind of first five years i would say sort of 2005 to 2010 so um,
0: so there was no i guess formal training it wasn't like you were you at the university when you were when you were putting on the shows or was it just the local place to put on shows
1: yeah, it was just the local place. It was so. In terms of kind of formal training, um, <clears throat> really, Did you just kind of tra- chance
0: your arm, jump in and see see how it bit. went.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, you know, the 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 thing that I relied on back then. Um, so I was actually bizarrely, and this this is kind of widely known. Uh, I was in a totally unrelated industry in my day job. I was actually an operations manager for an aerospace company. Okay. um, Which you know, which for me was um, you know it was it was a job. It was something that I kind of had, and it it paid the bills and and whatever. But it it was it was never it was never what I wanted to to do with my life. It was never what I wanted to be you know kind of doing in the long run. But through that, actually, I had had the opportunity to to do quite a lot in, in management training um and certainly in operational management um so i kind of had you know i I, you know i had you know i trained for you know certificates in management from you know kind of a national agency and and all of those kind of skills i kind of just put together with my kind of passion um and i guess tenacity for for kind of working within music and um and and really just kind of applied those uh you know that that approach and those skills um to, to starting the label um and and just just gave it everything in those first five years to to really try and get it off the ground um and it, it was i think probably i think it was 2008 or 2009 uh where i was able to hand my notice in at my day job and and do do the the label thing full-time okay. um and and that was a that was a huge moment for me um just yeah, to be able to sort of yeah just be able to sort of get to that that stage, but it it really just came from from you know a good few years of really hard graft and 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 hard networking. If I'm honest, like yeah. that was the that was the big one um, for me because I, I you know I, I mean I knew a few people, but I didn't I didn't know really the, the the people and the entities that I really needed to know to really, kick this thing off and drive it forward. Um, so that was the big thing I did in those first five years. How
0: is it? it was that networking side of things? Is that something that you found? quite natural or did you really have to kind of lean into it that little bit more because it it wasn't natural
1: yeah i mean i i I did find it natural i i I don't i don't usually have a problem talking with people so (laughs) so um so i'm I'm more than happy to to have a conversation and i've always had a philosophy of um i'd always say to people my my ears are always open like that's my that's my philosophy with 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 everything really you know not just music but with life in general um and and really that for you know for me was was the driving force between kind of learning how to do this thing properly and and what i did was is i i kind of i looked at people that, that i respected and that i you know that were doing the things that i wanted to be doing or were maybe kind of like five years ahead of where i was you know where i am now yeah. um and and kind of reached out to those people and i was lucky enough that the one or two of them um you know were really re- responsive and um and really gave me some good advice mm-hmm. uh, occasionally with you know if if i i would know, never tried to be sort of too pushy or too um you know kind of forthcoming with these things but just just sort of you know just be pleasant just be yeah, polite yeah. um and 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 you 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 usually find that if you ask nicely and you come from a come from a good place <laughs> most my, you know most people will will help they yep. you know they they will sort of say yeah, cool. I'll make that introduction for you. As long as you're you know, as long as you're not a dick and as long as you you're actually you know, kinda of
0: good about it. Yeah. The
1: one that um, I You know, I think you, you Yeah, just don't be a dick. Don't be a dick.
0: <laughs> Comes up <laughs> like so often.
1: Yeah, but it's so true. <laughs> yeah. It's it, honestly it's so true. Yeah. And 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 I and I really would you know, I really do stand by that advice and, and most of the people that, that 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 you know that that get on in, in, in the industry are you know the the people that are, that are you know genuinely good people that are you know that that will help others, um, you know, and and that kind of thing. And it will definitely kind of you know pay itself back to you. And and mm-hmm. I you know I've tried to do that. You know I'm a good, as I say, sort of you know 15 to 20 years in really with within kind of sort of working within music, um, in total. And and I, I try to give that back every you know every day if I can. You know if if anyone's asking, you know me for advice or you know just kind of general tips or if yeah. I can kind of help or make it make a connection with somebody that that for me I you know I just said if if you can look at your network and ask 10 people that you really respect to make two or three connections for you mm-hmm. that's that's so powerful yeah it's such a it's such a powerful thing um you know so so i'd really advise you know that if you're if you're looking to get on in the industry just look at look at the people that you're already connected with that might be able to help you get get to where you need to get to
0: yeah was it always heavy music for you
1: i uh, i mean in terms of my um no i mean what's interesting is is so so between 2000 and 2005 yeah. i was actually i was actually producing electronic music okay um and I I put some stuff out on on various labels. I you know licensed some tracks to uh, Ministry of Sound and, and Global Underground, and, right. and I worked I worked with um, with AI uh, Records during during that time. And interestingly, I so I have a second label called Future Massive, which I launched um, about a year and a half yep. or two years ago uh, now, which is which is a purely electronic label. So I mean I've kind of been into you know loads of different styles of music. Um, you know i i mean i've been to the opera a couple of times i like classical music i listen to that in the car um you know like for like for me i just you know it, it's it's music really that i just kind of you know if it if if it gets my my blood pumping and if it gets me excited um you know it, it, i think for me it's about emotion it's yeah. about that kind of emotive which i tend to find is is more readily available in some of the kind of darker Um, murkier worlds of electronic and and heavy guitar and you know, and and even, you know, some kind of neoclassical stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, you kind of listen to some soundtrack stuff, you know, which is you know, I listen to a lot of film scores and you know, that kind of stuff which is just full of atmosphere and full of darkness and you know, that kind of stuff, that that for me is kind of the, you know, emotion and um, you know, is really kind of what I look for in in music, I I don't tend to find that stuff um, within, you know, kind of pop music or um you know or 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 whatever it's just you know I, I tend to find i tend to sort of stick to the outer realms of right. of, of, of music i guess yeah. um but um but yeah i mean i mean certainly um you know t- i i think around the time you know kind of new, new metal was at its peak in the sort of around 2000 uh and i kind of totally i fell out of love with with heavy music because it was so derivative <laughs> it was so like by numbers um and and it, and it really just kind of turned me off uh, okay. in, in a really big way um and and i think that's where i kind of dived headlong into electronic music kind of you know between sort of 2000 2005 because that it was just so exciting mm-hmm. um for me it was so it was sort of a, a totally different world and then around sort of 2005 think interesting things in heavy music were starting to happen again right well it, interesting to me anyway um you know you have people kind of taking that you know that heavy sound, but mixing it with electronics and doing something different. You know, uh-huh. so for me, like you know, that's why we worked with um, Ensa Shikari on that for, on the very first you know record and, yep. and kind of had, you know one of their tracks coming out. The guys in in Fell Silent were were taking you know what I'd heard in 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 heavy music, but just applying these like just mad time signatures and just these yeah, kind yeah, of you yeah. know this this real kind of raw aggression, but it but it wasn't kind of. It wasn't faux aggression. It wasn't conceited like it was in in new metal. It was yeah. like it had some of the sounds of new metal. It was like a really highly polished level of, um, you know, a, 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 you know, the guitar and drum production was really, you know, it's kind of super, super solid. But it, it just had all these kind of interwoven elements that I just I was just like, okay, this is interesting. This mm-hmm. this get, this gets me excited. Um, and so you know it was really around those that, that kind of ilk of bands that were around at that time that just got me excited enough to to, to think about taking that music and, and helping it reach a wider audience like that was the, that was the exciting thing for me
0: so I guess at, at that time if you were if you were really really into making electronic music, what and obviously you said that there, were, there was some interesting stuff happening with with the kind of the heavier end. How come you didn't go down the road of of, a, of an electronic music label at that point?
1: Yeah, I don't, do you know? Was it I was it just
0: kind of happy accident, I guess, or? Yeah,
1: I don't. I don't really know. I think I think timing has a lot to do with everything. I think it's it's just. I think at kind of around two thousand and five, like I say, I was kind of working with the guys at AI Records, and they were kind of just winding down like some of the stuff that they were doing and were going in a slightly different direction mm-hmm. and at the same time as that like these new artists you know i mean i, I spent hours on uh, a platform that's just that's totally defunct now called pure volume i don't know if you remember pure volume yeah
0: exactly. but yeah off.
1: but it, it was honestly it was one of the like it was one of the first websites that allowed artists to upload their own mp3s right and to ho and to host them on a you know, on a web page that could be like a band page. And then obviously MySpace, you know, kind of did that, but amplified that massively and, the, and then that kind of kicked off. And, and I think those advances in technology um, just allowed me and others like me to just find so much new music all of a sudden mm-hmm. that it was, just so, it was just so exciting and it was just like, oh, oh my God, you know. And so, so from then on, I was just trawling pages and pages and pages on pure volume. And, and on MySpace, just just finding new Good new music, MySpace. yeah, absolutely <laughs> new music and new and, and new bands to listen to, and you know that was just that for me was just a revelation, and and I think um, I think that was adopted much kind of it was really embraced by the heavy music community, and and really there were there were whole scenes built out built out of you know um, uh, you know MySpace uh, pages and, and and you know there were promoters putting shows on that were actually, they were labeled just as MySpace promoters, nice. you know, because, because, <laughs> they, because they, because they, you know, their network, when they put a show on, they would tell their network via MySpace. And that was yeah. how they got people to shows. It wasn't any other way. And and I think we forget sometimes that that's actually, it, it really did breed this whole, you know, kind of micro community. Um, that, that that really kind of helped certainly the likes of you know my label and, and other you know other other labels and other promotions companies mm-hmm. and, and whatever to really kind of forget their first start in the music industry so <laughs>
0: Set it up in 2005. You started with a few compilations. That then turned into putting a couple of singles and EPs out, and then the first couple of albums came out in 08. So there was yeah around that kind of time yeah uh, three years between saying I'm going to have a go at this till to actually putting out albums and also being able to to do it full time as well yeah. Um, what was was there any kind of plan? as you were going along did you say right i want to get here within a certain amount of time or were you just kind of taking it step by step week by week month by month i
1: think i think the first couple of years um i was definitely making half as as i went along i think <laughs> i think the i think the thing with that is um you know as i say i had a day job i was still kind of you know music music for me was was something i i would you know at that stage it was always something that i would have loved to have done in my in my you know everyday life but i just wasn't in that position to to do so and i had to be kind of mindful of that so mm-hmm. really it was like it was playing it was playing shows or it was putting on shows or it was you know whatever and that that kind of first couple of years it was really about again just kind of testing the water i think just kind of dipping a toe in just to kind of see okay is this is this viable is this is this feasible and i i just remember you know i would always remember the the very first uh order the cd order that we got and it was from a it was from a girl that lived in liverpool that i you know i didn't know um and and you know had no contact to at Mm -hmm. all but because the a band that she really liked was on this compilation that we put out she bought a copy and and that for me was like that was it that was the revelation that was like oh my god you know that somebody who i don't know has played has placed enough faith to spend Five pounds on a on a on a compilation c d that that I've put out because yeah. <clears throat> because they're into what we're doing or they're into the band that we've that we've featured or whatever, and just just for me to be like, okay, that was it that it really did kind of set a trigger off in my head for like okay, so what I need to do is take that and amplify it um and I think that you know there was always the goal for me to you know to say, okay well you know, within the next few years, I want to try and make this a full-time thing if I can. Mm-hmm. Um And I, and I did engineer, um, there wasn't really a timeline. I didn't give myself like a hard deadline or anything like that. Yeah. Um, But, but, it, but it was a goal that I was working towards. Um And then I just, yeah, I think it was just a case of, okay, right. I'm going to do everything I possibly can over the next, you know, kind of year or two. This is probably, yeah, 2006 to 2008 um to, to to really make this happen and to try and make it happen and then when I did make it happen and I handed my notice in and I and I, and I you know at my day job and, and did this kind of full time even then I said to myself okay well I'm going to give myself probably 12 to 18 months to to see if this thing actually works and, it, and if I've got to the end of that year and a half and I'm completely broke <laughs> and there, and and there's not there's nothing happening and it didn't work out at least i can say i gave it a go yeah yeah exactly uh, you know I'd, I'd much rather that than be in a position where i kind of did it on and off for a few years and then always wondered i what would have you know i wonder what would have happened if i'd have really pushed myself if i'd have really given that a go and, and tried it out i didn't want to be ever in that position so uh, and I said, you know, if, if it fails, it fails. You know, I, I'll go and see if I can get another job somewhere else. So mm-hmm. doing whatever, I don't really mind. But yeah. um, but at least I'll have given that a go. Fortunately for me, that's not how it how it worked no. out. Um, it, it you know, and it, it, I, I just kind of, I guess I just kind of stuck with it and, and really, really gave it everything I could. And and um, yeah, sort of 2008 uh, onwards, um, that was it. We were flying. Really, we we're up and running.
0: Are you still signing? stuff to the label yeah so we've
1: just um we're just working on a new album from uh us uh metalcore band called misery signals um so we are doing that release for them over here in Europe. So we've licensed that from from them and we're doing um, the UK and European release. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that comes out in August. Um, I must say, I mean, my my priorities really over the last, you know, two and a half years have been with Believe and with TuneCore. That was kind of um, where I was
0: going at it with because you've kind of gone from it, the, the label being, I guess, in the nicest way possible, a hobby around yeah, the day no, job. And then it, yeah, was, it was the day yeah. job for the Better part of 10 years, yep, and I guess now it's back to kind of the other thing that you do around the day job that is believe and tune core, or are you trying to kind of marry the two a yeah, little I mean, bit together? It,
1: for, for, for me, they are, they are separate things, um, but, but it really kind of comes with it's about me and my, my own personal development, mm-hmm. um, you know, that there's something I've always kind of been really keen. Uh, on maintaining is is just you know I'm I I like to learn new things I like to meet new people I like to experience different um, environments and you you know and and really kind of extend my my network and 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 that kind of thing and really what happened was is it kind of came to like uh 2017 2018 um I'd yeah I've been doing the label for you know about 10 years um you know properly kind of full-time and um, I'd also been lucky enough to, I'd been invited to, to sit on the board at, um, at AIM at the association of independent music. Yep. Um, and I was there for four years and, and what being on the board at AIM really, really kind of taught me was, is that I'd had so much fun and, 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 you know, really got to know a lot of people within the, within the rock and metal world. But what I realized by being at AIM was, is that it was such a small portion of the wider music industry, right. um, and And I kind of realized in that first year or so of being with aim from yeah from kind of twenty thirteen i guess twenty fourteen was that I was just like, actually, do you know what like my network within the music industry is probably around three or four percent of the of the total u k music industry right, and I you know, and here's me thinking i I know everyone and I've done everything yeah and i and it was a real eye opener for me, and it was just like actually you know, nothing. <laughs> so, um, or so, rather yeah, so, there is
0: more to know. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, maybe I'm doing myself a disservice. Sometimes. Yeah. But but that, again, that was the, that was the really exciting thing for me. It was like, Oh wow, cool. There's, there's all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. There's all these other people. There's all this other, these other things going on that I, you know, that are super interesting that are, you know, so, so that was great. So I really sort of threw myself into, um, uh, you know, working with aim and, and I really, I'd still to this day, I mean, I left in, in 2018, um, but still to this day, you know, love everything that they're doing I try to keep them as involved as I as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're a really, really good resource and good network for uh, for for labels and artists that are self-releasing out there that own their own, you know, copyrights and, and sound yeah, recordings. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so so that, you know, once I kind of got to the end of my kind of tenure with with AIM, um, during my time on the board there, I actually met um, Ben um, from believe uh he was he was on the board with me at the time mm-hmm. and we had we had a really good relationship and it was actually him that, that let me know about the opportunity that was coming up at believe okay. uh, to, ru- to, to run to run TuneCore in the uk and just said you know i think you'd be you'd be great for it uh i know you've got your own you know your own thing going on um you know i still obviously haven't you know, had have my own company i was running day to day um but it kind of came at a, at a point for me where i was just kind of quite keen to to really again like Push myself, like see what else is out there. See what other, you know, what other things I can I can be doing within the music industry as a, yeah. as as a whole, and not just this t- tiny little corner that, that we call rock and metal. Um, you mm-hmm. know, th- and that that was kind of um, yeah, that that was the thing that was really appealing to me. So I so I said, yeah, great, let's 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 investigate that. Uh, and that was yeah, that was two and a half years ago, and I'm I'm here now, and I've had had a really good uh good two and a half years uh, running TuneCore in the UK. <laughs>
0: Cool, a few more bits and pieces wanted to touch on, Um, uh, you're part of the the TuneCore Believe ecosystem, you've also uh, set up your own indie uh, record label but obviously back when the music industry was somewhat different than it is now. Um, What is it that would be different if you, or for those people out there who are in the same position now as you were back in '05, thinking I've got my day job but I do want to start putting out singles and compilations and things like that? What should they be thinking about? Is it different to what you were doing, or is it literally this just the platforms changed than you were doing what you were doing back from back? Back in yeah
1: I mean yeah d- what, what what advice can I give don't do it <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's quicker apart to dig from, a bit
0: p- apart from that
1: <laughs> it's quicker to dig a big hole and just throw your money on it in it and set it on fire <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um okay so yeah so I think I mean you know fundamentally the industry has just changed mm-hmm. massively um and it and really you know I think the the interesting thing is is that I was having that conversation in in kind of, you know, between 2005 and 2010 with people that had been in the industry for, you know, sort of 10, 20 years and, and just, and they were telling me, you know, exactly the same thing as I'm going to say, say now is, is that, you know, oh my God, you know, the opportunities were were this and, you know, we earned, we earned so much more money then and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and I, and there's me in 2005 thinking, oh my God, you know, like piracy is rife. Yeah. You know, CD, CD sales are going, you know, they're still, they're still there, but they're going down every year. Uh, You know, that's, that's kind of continued um, obviously on the physical side. But what I would say about you know, I, I think honestly I don't think there's been a better time to release music than than now. Um, you know, I I think the 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 opportunities that are out there, there there's so many more opportunities than there were certainly when I started and, and definitely more than when you know when I was kind of starting out and, and asking people that have been in it already for ten years, you know, that the sort of people that had started things in the in the nineties. Oh, you, you know, if you wanted to start something in the nineties or early two thousands, you you really did need a lot of money. Yeah. Um. And you and you needed to to ultimately have a relationship with one of the very few gatekeepers that would that would that would be able to bring your music to market. Mm-hmm. You know, the market was a very consolidated and 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 kind of hard place to get into. Um, you know, in the kind of mid '90s and, and early 2000s, and really, kind of what changed was was the you know, tech was technology. You know, the te- the technology and how it kind of made, um, you know, made it a, a, a much kind of fairer playing field. And that's really when when TuneCore came along. It was like, I think TuneCore came along in 2006, I think. Right. Um, and 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 really just kind of, you know, set up a, a situation that would really level the playing field um for everybody and would do all the deals with all of the new new digital partners that were coming online at that time which were you know um itunes and and amazon you know at that time we were still talking about mp3 downloads you know that was the Mm -hmm. that was you know that was how people consumed their music digitally at that time it wasn't about streaming that came much later um and it's you know but but what what's happening now is that there are so many ways to get your music out there and to get your music in front of people but the problem with that obviously comes the noise you know that with with the the opportunity comes now now there's a level playing field the competition is now you know the artist next door to you or the artist down you know whatever it's like there's so much more out there now for for people to, to listen to yeah um, whereas before it, it really was, you know, there were far fewer artists, and actually, there were there were far fewer companies dictating, really, and it was a dictation, um, you know, what you should be listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the 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 major music companies were controlling pretty much all of commercial radio, um, and and in some cases, you know, national radio as well. Um, there was a, it really was difficult if you were a kind of small indie to to kind of get yourself out there, and it wasn't really until you know things started splintering and an and opportunity started coming with the development of technology mm-hmm. um you know and, and file, file sharing for all of its you know kind of um you know uh i guess infamy and 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 you know demonization you know look it, it really did create a, a situation where where people could discover music in a much freer way yeah. Um, it it did hurt companies like mine that were, you know, we we probably chose the worst point in music history <laughs> to, to to start a record label, <laughs> but but ultimately, you know, I don't know. Like I think I think if you if you just you know kind of come to terms with those facts and don't mm-hmm. look at it as oh well, if we'd have set up ten years ago, we would have made more money. Yeah. I think that's that's really the wrong way to look at it. It's is to say okay, cool. Well, what are the opportunities that that we have now? that you didn't have back then that we can exploit and 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 make the most of and and really that's kind of the approach that we took um and uh yeah i guess you know still here now to talk Mm -hmm. about it so um so so yeah so it 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 worked out but yeah honestly i I mean i would encourage you know anyone if you're a self-releasing artist there's platforms like TuneCore you can use interestingly in the early years as i say i think it was 2006 that um the Tunecore launched, I actually used TuneCore for distribution for the label. Oh nice. Um and I think the first ten releases or fifteen releases, um, yeah, we actually we actually put out using TuneCore on the on the for the digital platforms. Um and then you know on the physical stuff to get our CDs into you know HMV and, yeah. and you know Virgin and all the all the indies and stuff. Obviously we, we had a physical distribute uh, distribution set up with um with another company but uh <laughs>
0: You, you still sign stuff uh, you're actively involved in looking for working with new stuff for, for TuneCore and Believe um, when it comes to a and and scouting, what's your process what are you looking out for, where are you looking and what is exciting you at the moment you've said that you set up a electronic label last year what things are you hearing coming out of the uk industry that is really kind of getting your juices flowing
1: yeah i mean as as i said before you know for for me my my it really comes down to that philosophy of of, of as i said my my ears are always open like that's that's the that's really the thing that i live by um and and i honestly i find music in so many different ways now um, the great thing about kind of putting all the effort into into kind of networking um, that I have is, I honestly, I'm sent so much stuff, right. um, you know, on a on a daily basis, and that could that that just could be, you know, people that I know that have just been like, have you heard this? Or, you know, people that that will say, you know, I, I I'd love for you to listen to this and 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 consider it for, you know, for for, for basic records or for you know, passing on to to, to some of the guys, the departments that believe or. Mm-hmm. You know or whatever and it, and it comes from from everywhere it's you know management companies or it's you know directly from from friends or you know whatever yeah. Um so 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 that really is a good kind of source of discovery um for me i'm always asking for, for recommendations i'm always keeping an eye on um certainly on 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 social media I, I make sure i i follow i only follow well first of all i only kind of follow friends and, and family of course but the people that i will kind of follow outside of that again other people for me that that share something interesting or or are kind of constantly tipping new new artists or tipping new bands and mm-hmm. so I'll I'll watch out for things then you know who who are the you know the the artists or bands that other people are listening to right now that that maybe I should check out um there's a few playlists you know that I follow on on uh, on various uh streaming services as well um mm-hmm. you know just just to kind of have a have a route through them uh I still use uh SoundCloud a fair bit um, and I'll look on kind of, you know, recommendations and I'll see what people are, are sharing and are, and are loving on there. Um, and, it, and honestly, it really kind of comes down to um, to just being open minded and, and just really kind of having, you know, having some some time set aside to, to as well as do your kind of, you know, for me, I have a lot of kind of operational tasks mm-hmm. that I have to have to you know make sure are done in my in my day. But I always try and make sure that I've got some time in my day to to check out new music.
0: How much time are you able to devote to that stuff? Because I, I, so my, my background is, is mainly in sync rather than kind of more kind of A&R signing stuff. So I kind yeah. of had a foot in the creative side of things from a publishing perspective, but it was ever so slightly different. And for someone who does listen to new music and still tries to listen to music, and as you pointed out a little bit earlier, there's just so much out there, Mm. it can be quite daunting can't it can you kind of go and I think I've I've been putting albums that I needed to listen to on a 2020 playlist recently and I had like 38 hours of music that I still (laughs) needed to get through yeah um and so I just it's just interesting to get how much time do you are you able to put aside to just kind of trawl trawl around looking for stuff
1: yeah, sure. I I think we, I mean, you, you will, you will know about this and, and, a, and a technique that, that I, I try to use is I try to define, okay, what, what is the stuff that I need to listen to because it's job mm-hmm. and it's part is part of, okay, I need to do this because I, I have to, you know, fulfill a role or fulfill a, a task kind of within this. And, and quite often a lot of the stuff that I'm listening to for, you know, w- when I'm looking at things I'm working on, on with June core, it it will be totally different to the stuff that I'm listening to when I'm listening, trying to find things for my electronic label or my, or my rock label Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. So, so I really do try to sort of compartmentalize those, those processes and those listening processes and, and, and that kind of thing. So, so yeah, so it's, I mean, it, it can be, it can be difficult, but for, but for me, it's, it's really just, I don't know I've, I've never been any different I'm, I'm i'm just i've always got music on i'm always trying to you know trying to listen to new things or we'll mm-hmm. tre- check out new things and i mean it's a good kind of couple of hours a day at least okay um where i'm you know where i'm sort of actively looking for okay what what's that or or, or i'll make notes well often i'll do is I'll, I'll be in a conversation with someone and i'll make a mental note which then translates itself to a physical note of mm-hmm artists that they mentioned in the conversation okay where i'm like oh okay that's interesting or it'll be like "Hmm, i've heard two or three people now in separate conversations mention that artist all right make a note and then i'll and then i'll go at some point and listen and check it out and try to do some research on like where they come from you know why the singer left (laughs) like that (laughs) like that like that stuff is is like i'm always trying to kind of answer those questions before i'll even make with uh, you know, with an artist, if it's something that I'm interested in working with myself, or, you know, whatever. Um, I think that's you know, ultimately, you you kind of have to do those things. And mm-hmm. and for me, as a certainly from an A and R perspective, what I'm looking for in a, in an artist is, is there something there that I can take <clears throat> and develop, and 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 really help to reach its full potential. Right. You know, so for for me, it's not necessarily about listening to something and thinking. It's quite often, if I listen to something and think that that's perfect, there's nothing I can do with that. It, it's actually it's all it's almost it's not as exciting for me as as finding something where I'm just like, do you know what? This is really rough around the edges. Right. But 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 my God, that that voice that singer's got, or yeah. you know, the the composition of of how those songwriters are putting that thing together is you know is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Imagine what it could be if we worked if with we that producer, yeah, yeah. or if we work with that studio, or if I put him in touch with that agent or if we develop the songwriting on this level, mm-hmm. all, of, all of those things are what, what excite me as an A&R
0: Okay, what's coming out over the next few months that you've had a hand in or that, you've, that you know about that, that I should be checking out?
1: Okay, um I think so on the electronic side, mm-hmm. um we're we're working with a couple of really great artists. Um one called Dataset, uh, which is like just kind of completely wonky electronica, which I absolutely love. Um another uh pure electro artist called Plant forty three, um, who's great as well. Uh we're hoping also to to do a new release with um with Humanoid, um, who is uh uh brian duggins who's one half of the future sound of london um and um so yeah so we're we're kind of looking at uh doing some more stuff with with him uh, in the future which is great as on the on the basic record side um as i say we've got misery signals coming out in august uh we've just done two uh two new singles um which have gone down really really well uh but the full album comes out on august 7th so i'd definitely recommend uh, checking that out if you're into uh extremely technical technical metalcore with uh with raw emotion mixed nice. in um so yeah it's uh it's a it's an absolutely monster album really, cool. really good uh which is good and then yeah there's honestly there's so much stuff coming out on the on the tune core um believe side uh working with a really really cool band um called wargasm at the moment who are a a, a duo
0: um and yeah they've appeared on a few playlists of of late
1: yeah definitely i mean again they're they're great they've got such a good chemistry um both for songwriting and for playing live um but but yeah they've put out kind of yeah we've done probably about sort of four uh four or five tracks with them now Mm -hmm. um they've got so much more to come uh they've got some really good touring lined up for next year i'm just i'm just really excited for them yeah, just to kind of see see what happens with them. Yeah, touring, fingers crossed. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just yeah, I think you know they're, they're great. And another one that I've, that I've um, been really digging that, that kind of isn't um, kind of everywhere, but you you may know actually. I don't know. Um, uh Tom who does Poisonous Birds. Um, I'm not sure if you've if you've checked out Poisonous Birds yet. Nice. But, um But yeah, I'm really into to, to what what Tom does. Um, he lives down in Bristol now, I think, or has done for a few years. Um, but he, he kind of came from the kind of, um, tech metal scene right. and, and, but, but the stuff that he does now is, um, is really atmospheric, um, electronic influenced, um, you know, kind of, it's, it's kind of almost electronica, mm-hmm. um, but, cool. it's, but it's definitely kind of sort of rooted in rock. Um, and it's really, really atmospheric and
0: worth, worth no, I'm def- out, I am definitely sure. going to check that out. It sounds right up my street.
1: Yeah, it's good.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. For chatting, no worries. Haven't. Yeah, this has been fun. This has been great. Massive thank you there to Nathan for giving me an hour of his time to have a, a strange conversation over Zoom. It was the first time that we'd ever spoken Uh, So much appreciated, Nathan, for giving me that time. Please do check out uh, all of his various bits and pieces. Please check out Basic Records, TuneCore, everything that he mentioned in the episode. There are links in the description. Thank you to everybody who listens to this. Please stay tuned. There will be more episodes released um, over the next weeks and months so do check back if you're interested in things music industry related thank you and goodbye